Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for Veterans Day uh, 2023. It's the 10th. It's actually technically Veterans Day is the 11th, but it's Saturday, so the government observes it. Hopefully, you're having the day off or whatever, and thank a veteran if you get the chance. Uh, it's the 11th. It's based on the last day of World War One. the 11th hour of the 11th month of the 11th day was when the guns went silent. And so we turned that into Veterans Day, as we should, although we should have more. more different than Memorial Day. Memorial Day is remembering those who made the ultimate sacrifice in defending our country, whereas Veterans Day is honoring everybody who served. So with that in mind, thanks to my sister Stacy. She served in the Air Force in uh, the 80s over in Germany, back before the wall fell. So there you go. Thank a veteran. I'm sure there are a million other veterans out there. Kurt Schlichter, veteran. Thanks to him. Sean Parnell, regular guest on the show. Thanks to him. Uh, once you start going down this road, you're going to forget somebody. and It's just problematic. So I'm going to stop there knowingly and uh, just move on. All right. <clears throat> Don't forget, the Week in F and Review is going, I'm, I've already sort of done it in my head. Which, of course, that means I probably won't do it. I'll do better, but uh, I won't do those topics. But it was, uh, you'll like it. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com. Or you can just email me if you want to give it a shot. The first one's the drug dealer model. First one's free, kid. Uh, you email me, Derek Allen Hunter at gmail.com. A L L A N. It's D-E-R-E-K-A-L-L-A-N and then Hunter. And if you can't figure out how to spell Hunter, the other two I could see being confused by. If you can't figure out how to spell Hunter, eh, you don't deserve it. You email me with W-I-F-R in the subject line. And when it's done and recorded and I'm posting it, I will email a free copy to you so you can give it a chance. It's I find that's better than just putting it in the feed. Because sometimes people wake up on a Monday. Some, every once in a while I'll do it if I think it's like super good or I was super lazy on a Saturday. But uh, I think people go to listen to the show and they recognize that occasionally I might swear. But the deal is I'll swear as little as possible because I'll save it up for the weekend. And some people just are offended by those things. So if you wake up Monday morning and you start hearing F this and F that with the week in review, week in F and review, uh, you might not like it. So I try to respect that, although sometimes I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an artful way to put it. Like, well, sometimes I, there's a reason why there's a rhyme. No, there's no rhyme, no reason. It's more of a feeling. It's an attitude. It's matude, dude. That's just how we roll. Okay, let us get into the news of the day, the news of yesterday, as it were. There was a debate. Now, I recorded yesterday's show, yesterday's program, as my mother used to say. She always dropped the first R. Um, before the debate, because I didn't want to be rushed, and I wanted a little bit of time for it to marinate, to sink in, so I did a debate preview. I think my debate, debate why am I saying debate? I believe my debate preview was pretty spot on. It is 
I mean, it was a much better debate. I've got to say right off the top, <clears throat> I was wrong. It's a mea culpa, as Tutmir lied. I, um, I was wrong. The moderators were, I mean, I wouldn't say they were perfect, but they were certainly better than what we've had in the past. The first Fox debate with Martha McCallum and Brett Baer, they just, I don't know. I, I'm not impressed with Martha McCallum. I, I catch hell for that, and I've caught hell for that, and like people tell me, you're not going to get it. I get it. Uh, it's going to hurt me as far as promotions goes, but you got to be honest. I can't tell somebody that they're good when they're not good or talk about somebody like they're good when they're not good. She's not impressive. She's not good, but for some reason they they really should have never let Megan Kelly go. And um and I know a lot of people hate Megan Kelly because she asked a mean question of Donald Trump and it was like, well, you know, t- toughen up buttercup to Trump, not to Kelly, because you're going to be asked tough questions a lot and you should be. You're a politician. You're not above reproach at all. But they let Megyn Kelly go and they started promoting Martha McCallum as their serious news anchor. When there's breaking news, when there's scheduled events and election night coverage, it is with her. And I never understood it because she's not particularly, she's not bad, she's not awful, but she's nothing special. It's just blah. So they put her out there with Brett Baer, who again is very good at reading the teleprompter, but I'm not sure. I just remember when Brett Bear's book came out about Reagan and Gorbachev, and he's like, did you know? that His big revelation for this book was, did you know that Gorbachev and Reagan had put on the uh, table the idea of getting rid of all nuclear weapons, and Reagan said, maybe, and Gorbachev said, we'll do this if and you get rid of Star Wars. You stop with this missile defense poppycock. And Reagan walked away. We were that close. And it was like he had, this was, I don't know, five years ago. And the guy was acting like he discovered it. And like my whole life, I knew that. My whole, every documentary about Ronald Reagan talks about the Reykjavik summit. And that tidbit of information, you didn't, it's not, you didn't discover something. You didn't discover a second shooter on a grassy knoll. But he, I mean, I guess you got to justify writing a book and have some kind of hook. But that was just a weird kind of hook it tells me that you had nothing really new to report on this or you were wildly ignorant of history and no freaking idea and this was news to you which is actually terrifying because it happened within his lifetime it's common knowledge you couldn't watch the history channel back when the history channel did you know history and not garbage picking and and uh, pawning things and you couldn't watch a documentary on the History Channel that involved the 80s that didn't mention Reagan walked away from this deal. So it's not a revelation. So those two did a horrible job. The questions were about issues nobody cared about in a Republican. It's a Republican primary debate, and they're asking questions better suited for a Democratic primary debate. And then you get to the second debate. The Telemundo chick was just... I don't know if it's Telemundo or Univision. Does it really matter? And she was awful. She was asking typical. I mean, honestly, if you were, if you, if a white guy had written her part, they'd have been called a horrible racist for just engaging in stereotypes. But uh, all she cares about is immigration and this, that, and the other thing. Like, yeah, well, that the that was her making those horrible choices. And then, of course, the. 
in I thought Stuart Varney was meh. He was the baloney in a, a boring sandwich. And the famous survivor question, write down the name of the person you'd vote off the island kind of question. It's just like, seriously, everybody said we're not going to answer this crap. And it was, it was an embarrassment. So the moderators last night were actually pretty good. The candidates had more time to speak. It was a minute and a half. I did like the fact that it was up to the moderator's discretion as to whether or not to give somebody who was mentioned in an answer by somebody else the uh, possibility, the opportunity to respond. Because sometimes you just mention somebody and it's like, they didn't really attack you. They didn't really say anything controversial. It's not really worth giving you a minute to ramble on, especially when there was, oh, they mentioned me and I want to be able to respond to that. And then they go off on a tangent that has nothing to do with it. They're giving a campaign stump speech. So I thought that Lester Holt and uh, Christian Welker and Hugh Hewitt did a good job. They did certainly a much better job than Fox did. So in that sense, I have to do a mea culpa because when it was announced that NBC News was going to be hosting this debate and have two of the three moderators, I thought this is going to be problematic, even though it was Holt, who I think he used to claim to have been a registered Republican or something like that, but that's what somebody's registered as is irrelevant. It's stupid. Like I don't register as a Republican. Why? Because I live in a place where the primaries are a foregone conclusion, so it doesn't really matter. I can register as whatever and just claim impartiality or whatever because of it. And uh, so, it, and Welker is the new host of Meet the Press. She's trying to revive that dying brand. Chuck Todd wasn't quite able to completely smother it with a pillow in bed, but came pretty close. So we'll see. They did a good job, whether they did it because they wanted to or because they thought it was a good career move. Frankly, is irrelevant. I found it interesting. I found the... Uh, candidates were able to talk they answered the questions by and large a lot of times they didn't but mostly they did the questions once they i will say that the first question out of the box being about why should you be the nominee instead of donald trump was a bit much was a bit stereotypical was it was not surprising at all but they didn't make too many questions about trump which was better Still, the first one was, why would you be better than Donald Trump? You could frame that question, why should you be the nominee? Of everybody running, why should you be the nominee? You don't have to give the guy who was throwing a temper tantrum down the street uh, and refused to show up or was afraid to show up or whatever. You didn't have to give him the, uh, the shout out, the hat tip, the whatever. But of course, I think the media wants Donald Trump. But other than that, I thought the questions were relevant. There was the one moment that everybody seems to be talking about is Vivek and Nikki Haley going at each other where Vivek was being attacked over his TikTok stance. And he pointed out how Nikki Haley's adult daughter is on TikTok or at least was on TikTok and uh, blah, blah, blah. And Nikki Haley, get your daughter's. Get my daughter out of your mouth. She screwed up the delivery. <laughs> she was trying to pull a Will Smith, uh, short of walking up on stage and smacking Vivek. He's trying to pull a Will Smith 
with Chris Rock. Like, Keep my wife's name out your damn mouth. Except she screwed up the delivery and it was like, Keep my my daughter's name out of your voice or something like that. Like, I don't know what the hell she was trying to do. And then she called him scum. And, you know, it may be that Vivek is, is scum. He seems a little bit, you know, I like to call him Vivek Rama Smarmy because he does seem smarmy. I will say that on an individual basis, we'll go down across all of them, starting with Vivek. In the first debate, it was, and forgive my French, Dick Vivek. He was a dick. In the second debate, less of a dick. In the third debate, the dick was back. It just, well, it was all over the place. He doesn't seem to have a set strategy, set personality. I suppose it might have something to do with his age relative to everybody else on the stage, and he feels uncomfortable in his resume compared to everybody else on the stage. In business, you know, he's got a better resume than everybody else on the stage, but you're not in business. This is politics, and it's issues driven and so he tries to cram too much information into it he's the kind of the guy who just throws a word salad at the wall and hopes that the, enough of the right answer sticks to get partial credit and uh, that that would change if he'd actually spent some time being involved in politics rather than being involved in trying to get himself involved in politics if you know what i mean he could spend some time i don't know studying the issues and in the next few years maybe he will and if he does decide to stick with politics and run i don't know what i think he's out of ohio or something like that so there isn't a he could have run again he actually if he is out of ohio he should have run against uh what's his face god what is it sherrod brown and for the senate that would have been more helpful because he could self-finance that and possibly take out a guy that sounds like Cookie Monster at the same time. So that would have been good. But he uh, he's just not... I, I don't mean to boil it down to this because it's more than this, but he's just not likable. He's just not likable. He confuses insistence with credibility, if you know what I mean. He, he just says things as though this is how they are and i know what i'm talking about it is a, it's not ignorance because a lot of times he at least has a general idea of what he's talking about so it's not the arrogance and ignorance of say an aoc who will just make stuff up or spew left-wing talking points the climate is changing and it's going to kill us all and there's no talking there's no debate there's nothing that is how the left operates, and that's not what I mean to say that Vivek is doing. It's just there are some people, some conservative pundits and conservative radio hosts, sadly, who confuse, they don't confuse, they try to replace knowledge and thoughtful analysis with bluster. Right. If you just say something cocky enough, I'm cocky. I'm good. I'm the best. I know what I'm talking about. I only care about this. I'm sacrificing this, that and the other thing and spend a lot of time being morally superior to everybody else listening or an ordinate amount of time nailing themselves to a cross or whatever it is. And you go, that's a that's a tactic. That's a gimmick. It's it's a poor substitute for doing the legwork. It's a poor substitute for. 
learning the issues and analyzing them. And not only that, learning the history of how we got there and being able to point out how they've failed and why they've failed and remembering that they've failed. For so many people, I'm not saying Vivek, but for so many people, history begins anew every day they wake up or it begins when they first started paying attention to the news and they're 15 years old or whatever it is. But it's, uh, and so they're shocked. And then you end up with a Brett Bear situation. Did you know that Ronald Reagan walked away from it? Yeah, we did. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that because it's widely known. How did you manage to, the real amazing thing is, how the hell did you imagine, manage to avoid that your whole adult life until this point? I don't, I don't know how you do that. Well, Vivek is the kind of guy who, I think he'd probably, I wouldn't say he'd be good at it because very few people are, but he'd be successful at radio, talk radio. Why? Because they'll give him a show. They'll give anybody a show with name recognition. And then as long as you're willing to whore yourself out for live reads, you uh, you can make them money. So you'll get to keep your job. But merit, talent has nothing to do with it. He would be insistent. He is insistent. He speaks with confidence a confidence that if you just read his words, you would get the sense that this guy's kind of bluffing it. He might be a mile wide and an inch deep. And that may be unfair on my part, but I don't think it is. I think that somebody who hasn't done it, hasn't been in the fight, hasn't uh, really been out there, not that I think all politicians have to be career politicians, but you should have at least been involved in politics. I feel like when he talks about an issue, he tells you almost everything he's thought of or uh, knows about it and then lives in fear of the prospect of a follow-up question, if you know what I mean. and Because like, that's all I've got. Whereas other people can fall back on the history of it or their personal experience working on an issue. Vivek just kind of pronounces things in such a insistent way as to hope that people will back off. It's off-putting. I I was not impressed with him. His uh, I thought he was I thought Nikki Haley came off worse in that calling him scum, but there's a lot of people who liked that he was called scum. Um the fact of the matter is switching to Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's adult daughter was on TikTok until recently, until she seemingly decided to make it an issue in the campaign, at which point she picked up the phone and asked her daughter to stop using TikTok. That's fine. It's all well and good, but you can't then be self-righteous. It's an adult. If this were a 12-year-old kid, I'd absolutely get her indignation but it's an adult child. It's an adult child. She's doing this. She knows who she is and who her mother is and what her mother's doing. You get these sorts of things. It's weird how, you know, I I am not for treating adult children of politicians with kid gloves. I'm just not. They're adults, first of all. It doesn't matter how old. No, they're a 25-year-old kid. No, it's a 25-year-old adult. I'm sorry. You can coddle your kid, you can baby them, you can breastfeed them their whole life. I don't really care what you consider them. It's what the law says, you know, and it's what most people say. And 18, that's it. Not that 18 is fair game, but if you're going to 
sort of be self-righteous about something. Oh, you know what? Smoking is evil and everybody needs to quit smoking and blah, blah, blah. I will be the one to do this and I'm the only moral one who's denouncing smoking. Like, well, your your 22-year-old son smokes. Have you uh, talked to him about that? You don't talk about my, how dare you drag my children into this? Well, you're kind of trying to parent everybody else. Why is it unfair to look at how you've parented, right? That sort of thing. So in that sense... I thought Nikki Haley was in the wrong on that one. She's just, look, if you liked Nikki Haley going in, you liked Nikki Haley coming out. If you didn't like Nikki Haley going in, it's probable that you didn't like Nikki Haley coming out. She tried to take sort of pseudo lame swipes at DeSantis too. I don't know if it's a testament to they're trying to ignore DeSantis and pretend he doesn't exist or if it's a testament to the fact that they just don't have anything on which, at least of substance, serious substance, to attack DeSantis with, that Nikki Haley was really the only one who did it, and it was lame. It was about fracking in the Everglades. Like, really, this is what you got? I don't, I don't think that, you know, he's sitting there saying, We're, we support fracking. It's the only way to get to this shale oil. But in the Everglades, no. Like, no, you banned fracking. In the Everglades, whatever, it's... It ringed, it rang, ringed, good Lord. It rang hollow and it rang desperate. Her exchanges with Vivek, she went, they were talking over each other a couple of times. They were much, they served her much better than her lame late in the game, late in the debate attempts to go after DeSantis. So we'll see. We'll see what the polls shake out. We'll know more on Monday. But I just, I think it was the first debate sort of made Ramaswamy sort of the, the flavor of the month. So there are people who won't vote for Trump or aren't interested in voting for Trump and aren't interested in voting for DeSantis right now. They want another option. And they, oh, there's a shiny object. There's Vivek Ramaswamy. He was interesting. He had a lot of energy. He, and then you you look at him again and you go, eh, I don't think so. And you look at him again and you go, now. And he's been on the downward slope since then over the summer. Tim Scott, again, Tim did, did I mention Tim Scott was in the debate? Tim Scott was in the debate. He seems to be running on his biography, which is wildly inspirational, but his presentation is wildly uh, uninspirational. I've never seen a bigger disconnect between somebody's personal story and their ability to convey anything. He's just, he's not interesting. He's not, well, that's not the right word. He's not engaging. There's something about him. In a sit-down, one-on-one interview, He's much better than he is giving a campaign speech, and he's much better than he is in a debate setting. He's ju- and he did not benefit from his placement on the stage. He was the last one to make the stage. He barely made the stage. If they raise, if there's another debate and they raise the qualifications to get to the stage next time, he likely won't make it. But the way it was set up, you always start with the center question and then you work your way around. He got the last bite at the apple seemingly most. He spoke the most, but he also got the last bite at the apple seemingly most. And even when you're the last person to answer a question, you run risk of coming off as sounding as though you've 
you're just parroting what everybody else says. And in many ways you are like, hey, you're they're all pro-life. How many different ways can you say it? They all support Israel. How many different ways you can say? So by the time it gets to you, you can't help but be somewhat repetitive. Tim Scott would have been better served if he and his team had recognized this and maybe came up with new ways to say things or new things to add in there, ways to address the question without directly parroting everybody else. It's not that he was parroting everybody else. It's just that, you know, that's conservatives support Israel. I don't know what Republicans are pro-life. How many different ways can you say it? But I think that did not serve Tim Scott well. If you look at Chris Christie on the other end of the stage, I'm not entirely sure he's running for president. I I think Chris Christie would be a great campaign surrogate for anybody but Donald Trump and probably Ramaswamy since he doesn't like Ramaswamy at all. But he is a great attack dog. He truly is. He'd probably be a very good chief of staff, keeping people in line for a Republican president, keeping people in line, keeping people focused, keeping people on edge. Part of the job of the chief of staff is making cracking the whip over everybody's end saying, you better be doing what you're doing. You better be doing what needs to be doing. I get it. You're here and you're the awe and maybe you're trying to think about your next move or whatever. But the second you're, you forget why you're actually here, um, you need to go. You're serving the president. I think Chris Christie would be great at that. So that is uh, that was it. I mean, he's he's got good lines. He was the one who most closely answered the questions. And then you had... Um, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis was good. Ron DeSantis handled himself well. He did not get attacked, I assume, as much as he had thought he would. But there was no knockout blows for anybody. And so in that sense, he came in at the top post of the challengers, and he went out the top post of the challengers. What I'd be interested to see is what the debate performance did for Nikki Haley. The, 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 the self-righteous, keep my daughter's name out of your voice thing. Uh, I don't know. She took Ramaswamy personally. They did not shake hands afterwards. There's a lot of animosity there personally. I'm not sure that plays well as it settles with a lot of people. But we'll see. I think everybody who's watching and inclined to vote in a Republican primary wants everybody to be pulling in the same direction. Well, each individual person is playing tug of war, but ultimately it's against Democrats, and so you've got to all pull in the same direction. That's what I think is going to hurt Donald Trump, ultimately. Whether or not it's enough to make a difference, I don't know, but he is he's not interested in the rest of the Republican field. He's just not. He's not out there campaigning for people. He endorses people. He puts out messages on social media. And then he ran away. He could have he could have made a difference maybe in Kentucky if he'd gone to Kentucky and campaigned in Kentucky for somebody else rather than himself. But he didn't. Maybe it's because he's too busy with all of the criminal charges against him. But he managed to go to Florida last night. You can set your own priorities. You pay lawyers to take care of this stuff. You don't need to be there. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think that Donald Trump was the big loser, though, because the debate was on NBC News. 
or an NBC that opened up the audience and I'm sure the audience will be smaller. I haven't seen the numbers yet. Will be smaller than the first two debates because that's just the pattern of it. But I think the audience will be different from the other debates because there are some people who don't get Fox business uh, or even think or know that Fox business exists. You had to really want to see it on Fox business to watch it. There are other people who just simply won't watch Fox, not because they're liberals, but because they just don't watch Fox. They don't watch any of that crap. Whereas if you stumble across NBC, you might watch some of it. You might get sucked into all of it. Who knows? It's an audience that whoever the Republican nominee eventually ends up being is going to have to appeal to somehow and get the votes of. And Trump not being there was stupid. It also, I think, if he ends up being the nominee, all it does is absolutely justify Joe Biden's refusal to debate him. Look, he's not a legitimate candidate. He didn't show up to debate in the Republican primary. I don't see why I need to debate him now. And once you don't show up to debate, once you say debates don't matter and I don't need to debate, then your opponents are now free to say I don't need to debate him. You don't have much of an argument back against that. And so he is ultimately screwing himself up because Democrats don't want Joe Biden to debate anybody. They just don't for very good reason. So we'll see how it shakes out. The polls are tightening. Things are changing. And if Donald Trump loses Iowa again, people forget he lost Iowa in 2016. If he loses Iowa again... That could change the dynamic. That's why I tell you the polls now don't matter. And it's annoying when people are like, Donald Trump said last night, they need to cancel the rest of these debates. They need to stop doing this. It's not a coronation. You don't deserve the nomination. You don't deserve anybody's support ever. No politician does. So it's important to remember that. Sadly, most sadly, Donald Trump is going that way. I'm entitled to this. And that makes me dislike it all the more. I don't owe a politician loyalty. It doesn't matter how much of a good job I thought they did. For all the good that Donald Trump did, I think Donald Trump did a lot of bad too. Not to himself, per se, but to the party and to the cause. You don't lose every successive election as a party uh, because somebody did so well for the cause I would vote I'll vote for Donald Trump I just want to see him grow the hell up a little bit recognize that he has to go out and earn the votes of people who are Trump skeptical if he plans on winning because I think people don't like what Joe Biden is doing but I really think people dislike Donald Trump they don't dislike Joe Biden personally They disapprove of his job, the way he's doing the job. But personally, I don't think they dislike him. It's different with Donald Trump. If Donald Trump started campaigning and rather than acting entitled like he deserves to be the nominee and deserves to win or that a poll a year ahead of time is an indication of something, Look, Barack Obama was losing at this point in his re-election bid. He was never all that popular in his 2012 re-election bid. Mitt Romney stood a serious chance of winning that. He ran a bad campaign, but uh, he stood a chance of winning that. 
because Barack Obama was not, personally, he was very popular. His job approval was not very good. And yet he won, and he won handily. So you sit there and you go, well, the economy was suffering under Biden. The economy was suffering under Obama, and he won. Keep all that in mind. That's why I want Donald Trump to be better. Do something, prove something, show something to me. And then I might feel a little bit more at ease. I don't feel any more at ease after all of this stuff. Okay, before we go, I want to play you something about Rashida Tlaib or from Rashida Tlaib. She was on with Chris Hayes last night. She's out there trying to justify her genocidal, I support uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Because I don't, yeah, I recognize that some people think it's genocide, but genocidal, but that's not how I mean it. And Chris Hayes, God, what a worthless human being. There's never been a more worthless human being under a bull cut. And he's the only... No follow-up, no pushback on this. Listen to this exchange. I want you to explain, like, what you mean by it and why you used it or why you included it in the video. Yeah, I mean, look... I'm asking my colleagues, don't distort the words of my residents. Many people in this movement for human rights for Palestinians have always centered around coexistence. Uh, you hear them calling for that uh, and saying that, you know, no matter your faith, your ethnicity, your background, you should be able to live uh, without fear, without discrimination, without this kind of inequality that, you know, Netanyahu's extremist party and his leadership has been pushing. And so for many of my colleagues, they know uh, and deep in their hearts where my heart is. Yeah, they know where my heart is. It's a, uh, yeah, I don't mean it in the genocidal way. I mean it as a tolerance kind of way. There's no human being in the Middle East or anywhere, really, who says from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, who means it in a coexist kind of way because it's the exact opposite of coexisting. Palestinians, Hamas, the terrorists will not coexist. It's not like, all right, well, now we're going to get peace and we're going to live next door to Jews. No, they want to kill all the Jews. They want to get rid of all the Jews out of the area. If they want to flee, that's fine. They'll try and chase them down, but that's fine. She is delusional and evil. Have I mentioned she's evil? Because she's evil. Anyway, that's enough for today, though not enough for this week. Go to patreon.com slash podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Sign up for the week in and review. We post it at midnight because F them, F them all. Help you have a great weekend happy veterans day again thank a veteran they make all this possible and i'll see you guys later